0: Hello, everybody. It's Kimberly. I am uh, doing today's Eternal Life podcast. Um, I am an Eternal Life student, which just means human. And uh, we enjoy learning from each other. And so we like to have different guests here. And today we have Eric Mellenbeck. Did I say it right? You did. Oh, great. Welcome. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Uh, so happy to have you here. This is great. Um so today's topic is um how fear holds you back. Right? Yeah. Something like yeah, that?
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, see, that's something too that's kind of scary <laughs> in the yeah. background.
1: Yeah. There's, there's I'm just that here, yeah. Um, unfortunately. That's okay. It'll get louder and louder and then it'll fade away. No worries. There it goes. Uh, so, um
0: so yeah, tell us so, a little bit about it.
1: So yeah, so um I've sort of become a little more in tune with it um, over the last year and just noticing how much fear tends to drive a lot of decisions, both in my life and in the lives of those near and dear to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I, I feel like most of the major life decisions I've made have been out of fear rather than um, out of, you know, something that I really wanted. Um, for example, my first job that I got in New York City, you know, I can reflect back on that and think, well, I was in a kind of a rough situation because I was quickly running out of money. Right. Um, and I had bills to pay and, you know, student loans to pay. And the first job that I got, of course, was, you know, not ideal, but I had to take it. Right. Um, but I was really scared. Um, It was like, I had to take it. But then, I mean, even jobs after that, that I was in a better place and, you know, had at least a financial cushion to rely on. Mm -hmm. I was still um, accepting jobs out of fear. Right.
2: You
1: know, it's like, well, I got to get out of this because I need to start making money again. And I don't want to eat through all of my savings. But yet at the same time, it's like, that this is probably not the best position for me right now. And maybe if I just stick it out for another month, I'll find something that'll be more in alignment with who I am and what I want and what my actual needs are rather than just taking it because it's on the table.
0: That makes sense. Um,
1: And I mean, even, even some personal decisions, um, you know, uh, about where to live and, and, you know, who to, who to spend time with Mm -hmm. and, and things of that nature, um, I think can also be driven by, by fear, just as in terms of, you know, this relationship, I need this relationship because if I don't have it, the alternative is scary. You know, I'm, I might, you know, even though this person might, you know, not be the, the kindest person, but they provide something that I offer, um, and I suppose it, it is a little bit of that sort of give and take. Mm-hmm. But um, when it when it, you start making decisions that are largely based upon fear, um, I think that that uh, can get a little dicey. And it's it's just something that I've been focused on, and something that I'm trying to work on personally and be more aware of.
0: That's really good. I mean, a lot of people have fears. It it holds them back. I think fear is one of the biggest things that block people from moving forward, right? Because it's it's the unknown, it's the what if, and you kind of right. get into your comfort right. Exactly. zone, right? The comfort zone keeps you stuck, right. you know, because you already know what what you're dealing with. It may not be the best, it may not be what you want, but you're it. You know what you don't, you already know versus
1: right. what you don't know, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And I recently came across a really great quote. So here's, here's a silence. It's going to have to get edited out. That's okay. Um, But it was attributed to Jim Carrey, I believe. And I should probably double check that because I'm not (laughs) sure that it, it was him, but he said something along the lines of, of don't let fear hold you back. And I am the living example of not letting fear hold you back Um, because, you know, I don't really know that much about him, but um, I can only imagine that, you know, it's like some of those auditions, it's like, Oh, I'll never get this. I'm too scared. Like, this is not going to be for me. And then, you know, going out there and just doing it and, you know, incredible things happen. Um, It's so true. It is,
0: you know, you hold yourself back and you stay in the same spot, right? Right. Um, But if you just give it a chance, then you may go farther than you've ever thought.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think personally, I've also been, um, so I'm a graphic designer by trade. I I went to design school and I came out of, I went to school in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I grew up. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a pretty, you know, Milwaukee is, uh pretty you know mid-sized city i guess you would say okay. um uh so in you know for that class you know i was like one of the top students oh, and great. of course then the teachers all, all the professors and everything are very good at, at pumping up their students
0: right that's
1: yeah. their job right <laughs> their job right yeah. so then of course i graduated you know with oh, i mean oh, i've never been the kind of person to really have that big of an ego, mm-hmm.
2: you know, it's always
1: been in check. Right. Um, and I, I generally, you know, I, I'm not comfortable there, like, right. like thinking I, I'm the greatest at whatever. Um, so anyway, so there's the kitty. Oh,
0: hold on one second, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> no problem.
0: He wants to get out, okay, go ahead.
1: Uh, so- I warned um, you. <laughs> yeah, so then I immediately came out to New York City. Where it's like, you know, in Milwaukee, I was, you know, a big fish in a small pond. Yeah. So then it's like, you come to New York and changes everything. Know, it changes everything. So I'm everything. like, I'm the little fish mm-hmm. in the big ocean and there's some really big fish swimming around yep. and like, I didn't even realize when I came out, like how, you know, it's like, you've got RISD, you've got Pratt, you've got SVA, you've got Parsons, you know, you've got all these top. You know, top tier art schools cranking out really brilliant students, and to try to compete against that, um, especially when so many of them already had connections that were built, and even had internships that they were playing off of, and right. I had nothing really. Um, and it was a very difficult lesson to learn that, you know, I, you know, had to really struggle to get that first job, and then. You know, I think that letting fear dictate the next few roles mm-hmm. really hampered my career.
0: Right.
1: My daughter's sneaking Hi!
0: <laughs> we got everybody joining us. <laughs> Does she need something? It's okay.
1: Um, you can get close from there. I'll just make sure that you're not on camera.
0: <laughs> Tell her I said hi.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mommy told her not to come in here, so.
0: That's okay. I got my own. I'm expecting to pop in in a minute. So we're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, this is life, oh, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, so then I think I can even, you know, it's like that job to that job. It's, it's sort of like, if you were to put that on, you know, on a, a chart, you mm-hmm. could see that it sort of just like barely went up and, and across. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I am. And then to see some of the people that, you know, really took some chances and, and maybe, took on some debt to be able to finance their lives and you know their careers are now like off the top of the charts so yeah. you know of course now you know 20 years you know well 16 17 years after the fact of starting their career and it's like looking back on that and thinking if only I could go back and tell yeah. that you know that young younger version of myself like if don't you be only so know yeah yeah and I wish I could could drive that a little bit better Um, you know what
0: we all feel that i wish i could go back and and do so many things differently that uh, again it was i think lack of education you know just not knowing not grown up enough uh fear definitely fear you Mm -hmm. know comfort zone um but you can't go backwards right but at the same token don't let it hold you back thinking about it you
1: know right right?
0: got to start taking the next steps
1: now that you know better Right, exactly. And then since it's something that I've become much more aware of over the past year, it's been something that I've been trying to be more conscious of in the decisions that I make and trying to make decisions that are, that are you know, where I'm weighing that fear into the equation rather than just, I think a lot of the, the um, decisions that I made were really kind of snap decisions mm-hmm. done very quickly right. without a lot of thought put into them. And, you know, largely because it's like, well, I'm scared of the alternative and not even stopping to think, well, if you're scared of the alternative, maybe it's time to take a moment to explore a little bit more about why I'm afraid of that. And, you know, so that's definitely something that I'm looking at now much more and trying to be a little, little more conscious of that.
0: That's an important lesson for people to yeah. understand, you know, when you're, when you have that fear, you know, some people, they want to run, they want to hide, they want to be, you know, they want to be safe, but yeah. in the same token they, what's the word face your fears. Right. 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 And the exactly. only way you can do that is to figure out why are you feeling that, you know, mm-hmm. there, there are times where fear is necessary to protect yourself. Right. right.
2: Exactly. But
0: a lot of times when you really look at it, it it isn't as scary as you thought. You just had to take a look at the full picture, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, baby exactly. steps
0: almost. And you could say, "Oh my God, it's scary!" If I if I if I resign my job, what am I going to do? But if you right. say, "I'm going to learn all these different pieces so that I'm ready and I'm prepared to move to the next job,"
1: right. then
0: that fear kind of subsides.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, and then. Um... I was just thinking while you were saying all that about a position that I had that was in a in an environment that um, over time became very very toxic, yeah. and um, I got to the point where I was just like, I have to get out, I have to get out, I have to get out, and it was like, you know, it it got to the point where I think if I wasn't married and didn't have a child at that point, mm-hmm. that. I may have gotten to the point where I would have said, well, I have enough savings. Yeah. I would just have to get out because this is just, it's hurting me. Yeah. And, you know, it was making me sick and, you know, uh, making me very, very irritable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I can remember so many times coming home from work and, and my wife saying, well, how was today? And it was uh-huh. like, you don't want to hear this. <laughs> just gonna yeah. bring up all the all that negativity, and I don't want to drag through that again. Right. Um, and you know, it's it's just gets to be that like impossible situation where where is everything is so negative, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's just really really difficult. You know what? Though it's it's about. good
0: that you you recognized it. You know what I mean? The the minute you start to realize, wait a minute, my health is getting infected. I don't like going to work. It's affecting when I go home. Those are all big red flags warning you. Something is is not right. And and you have to take a look at it. It's one thing if it's temporary, maybe it's just a bad week.
2: Right. Right. right?
0: But if you continuously have that feeling, then then something's going on. And you're saying a toxic environment, you know, that that will affect you a lot and that yeah. you're at work most of your life if you think about it for right. the majority exactly. of the day. Yeah. Right.
1: Exactly.
0: I think uh, one more fear is um, responsibilities. Like you said, yes. you, know, you. if you didn't have your, your wife or your child, it'd be easier. And those, those extra responsibilities kind of make you stay in that safe zone, right? Yeah. The comfort zone, because at least you could get through it but it's not worth it when it's your health.
1: Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting how that stuff does start to manifest in your physical health. Yes, definitely. Um, I, um, during that job, I started getting like a little nervous tick in my left eye.
0: Uh-huh. Um, been there. I,
1: <laughs> I'm sorry?
0: I've been there. <laughs> the tick yeah, I have yeah. Done that, yeah.
1: And I even got to the point where I asked my eye doctor about it and Mm -hmm. if it was a problem and he was like, you know, it's just stress and you just have to work on trying to either mitigate that stress or, or, you know, remove it from your life Mm -hmm. or, you know, just handle it somehow. Um,
0: What are some tools that you use to kind of relax yourself when you find yourself stressed out? Do you have any? I've gotten a lot.
1: I've gotten a lot better about that over time. Um, um, I have found that a lot of times the best thing uh, is just to total distraction. Um, oh yeah.
0: That's a good idea. A good,
1: a good story, <laughs> a good movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and usually it seems like, like uh, movies or, or TV is the best because for me, because it's, it's visual and, audio. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a lot of times it doesn't require a lot of brain power. right? And if it's a, a you know, catchy or grabby enough story, then it can really suck you out of your own problems. And, and you're so focused on that, especially like sort of like the, the cliffhanger-y <laughs> kind
2: of that works really
1: well. Yeah. Um, you get I'm, lost
0: in your own thoughts sometimes, right? So yeah. distracting yourself, read a book. Watch a show, right, listen exactly. To music. Yeah, right.
1: um, so I, I think that I tend to gravitate towards that when it's at a it's probably its most extreme,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, just because I know that I can powerfully shift away from that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but if it's at a lower level, um, music has always been a big part of my life, and that's just something that you know can really help. Mm-hmm. Um, so either playing music or or listening to music. Or, you know, just going for a walk and listening to music yeah. um, really helps. Um, and, you know, much like the movies, reading fiction can really distract and can really be helpful. Yeah. Um, and then I think also, and because a lot of that stuff is very, tends to be very negative.
2: Mm-hmm. So if I
1: start listening to or reading, you know, listening to podcasts or reading, you um, content that is is very uplifting
0: mm-hmm.
1: um that helps a lot. It, it,
0: it can change your mood drastically. It, it's yes. amazing how that works, right? Exactly. If you're in the negative and, and you have more negative around you, it's just gonna get deeper and deeper. But you start to put some of that positive around and, and it starts to be like, okay, I'm feeling a little better, you know, okay. Right. And then you start thinking of we'll be I'll be okay. It's not that bad, right?
1: Yeah. And and something A podcast that I've recently discovered. I've been a Simon Sinek fan for quite a while, Mm -hmm. um, but I discovered his podcast that's relatively new. It's called A Bit of Optimism. Oh, nice! And um, he is just so good about bringing in incredible guests uh, to speak with him, and it those conversations are just so great. And uh, just really, I highly recommend it. That his podcast to anyone.
0: What's the name of it again? So they
1: hear it's called a bit of optimism. Nice. Um, and it's in all the places where you find podcasts and all that stuff. Um, and Simon Sinek uh, it's S I N E K does have um, quite a few other podcasts. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that uh, wrote the book called start with why, oh, which nice. is, um, uh, in it he basically says in in order to find you know whatever you're doing with your life you know your your job like like he's talking about well you know a lot of people say well why why do you go to your job every day
2: right and it's
1: like well I do it because I need to make money
2: uh-huh. like, well, yeah.
1: that, that's a means to an end that's not really your why mm-hmm. like why do you do what you do and you know, it's you know, it's like, why are we doing what we're doing right now? It's like,
2: right, it's important question.
1: <laughs> ultimately, like, we're we're helping each other mm-hmm. and ourselves, but hopefully, we're helping others as well. Yes. And so, you know, that's why we're doing this. And yeah. you know, hopefully, what we do professionally and what we do to bring in money um, aligns with our our core values as well. Yes. You know, so that we can you know, at the end of the day, feel fulfilled. And, you know, ultimately, if we are not feeling fulfilled, then that's where it's time to make a change. Yes,
0: I agree. Definitely. I mean, a lot of times you find out um, you have more gratitude and fulfillment when you help someone else. If you're just exactly. helping yourself,
1: exactly. yeah,
0: there's nothing extra, you know, right. but when right. you help someone exactly. else, you you feel useful, Right. You can hmm. find your purpose. You could find your why. Um, it, it, it's a great feeling. It really is.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if he went to, I don't think he may have gone to like AA meetings for research purposes.
2: Okay, okay. Um,
1: it's not exactly, I don't know if one way or the other, but he tends to bring that up a lot because, okay. um, I have personally done, um, I stopped drinking myself about five years ago. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it'll be five years in September. That's awesome. um, About eight days, I think. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And I haven't been particularly involved lately, but um, for the first few years that I did stop drinking, um, I did utilize that um, a fair amount. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Simon talks about um, is just the sense of community that it builds, yes. you know, that there's always someone there. And that one, like the one of the big pillars of of Alcoholics Anonymous is being able to help others, Yes, being able to share your story, and hopefully others can benefit from it. And that was exactly what um, I really loved about it is just yeah. being able to help others, mm-hmm. the way that others were helping me. And it, you know, that sense of community that's built is like, is like, if you're struggling, if you're having a hard time, there's always someone there. Yes. So you don't have to go through it alone. Exactly. Um, always reach out to others. And, you know, before I started doing that, I was very good about, well, you know, very awful about
0: <laughs> going
1: inwards okay, and not reaching out to others and dealing with everything on my own. Right. And particularly, you know, before I lived with my, you know, before I got married and before... Mm-hmm. My daughter, you know, I, I lived alone for quite a while, and it was just so easy to just, you know, go home at night or whatever, and and spend the evening alone and not speak with anyone. And and there were times where the, I remember there were weekends where I was really struggling and, you know, not going out and and holding up and not reaching out and saying, hey, you know, can you help me? I'm I'm really not feeling very well emotionally. And can you help me? Because mm-hmm. I just need someone to talk to you about this. You know, can you share maybe some of your own experiences around this or, or what do you do when you're struggling with this? Yeah. And, you know, of course, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about how we wish we could go back in time and mm-hmm. and tell our previous versions of ourselves about okay. that. And, you know, I definitely wish that I could do that now because there were some pretty miserable weekends that, you know, I just basically hid out by myself and I wish that I would have reached out to friends and just, you know, said, you know, hey, you know, let's go see a movie together, and you know, and then get coffee afterwards and talk or get dinner or whatever and you know, talk about, you know, what, you know, I'm dealing with this and it's really awful. And, you know, I you know, it's it's always great to hear others reach out and see them reach out. And, yeah. you know, one of the great things, you know, since we met on LinkedIn is yeah. seeing the amount of people that are that are sharing that kind of stuff on LinkedIn. Yes, And just saying, you know, it's like, I've had a really bad day at work. Mm-hmm. These things have happened. Um, and, you know, I may need some help and I may be reaching out to specific individuals, yeah. which I think is great. And, um, but another thing that Simon Sinek does mention is, is it's so easy to blast something out on right. social media and just say like, Hey, like I'm having, I'm struggling with this and then just leave it at that. Yeah. And that's not really reaching out. And he makes a big point of like, some people are thinking that that's, that's enough.
0: Right, or they're it saying it, but not,
1: they're not. They're yeah. not fixing it. They're just right. pouring it out. Right, right? exactly. It's just yeah. being poured out, and some people may comment on that post and mm-hmm. say, "I'm sorry that you're dealing with this," um, but there's no actual connection that's being made, and uh-huh. there's no work that's being done right. to try to remedy that situation. So, while that is uh, a great resource, mm-hmm. but I think the the you know it's just like any other medium of communication uh you need two way yeah right you need to yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: if exactly. you're just talking out there and people right. are listening right. there's no real yeah.
1: connection and if, and if there's a little bit of response to it that, that's still not enough it's not that human connection it's not that human dialogue yeah nothing is really being solved so mm-hmm. i think that that's where that dialogue really comes in And where reaching out to others is is very, very important.
0: Okay, so Um, question for you. Sure. What if a person is shy and they're not comfortable reaching out? Do you have a a suggestion for them to how they should reach out? Like that person who's sitting home by themselves instead of going out?
1: Right. You know what I I mean? Yeah. And I I think that... um, you know, because I can remember my former self, like I would not reach out right. um, and I didn't ever. Um, and I think that that can be kind of tricky because also I wasn't really paying attention a whole lot to, um, I, you know, I wasn't making phone calls. I wasn't reaching out to people. Right. So it's kind of tough. Like I, I was really insulating myself. Did
0: you, where did, did you find it through AA? Is that where you found people? I think really
1: where that began. Or
0: was it and, other spots, you know?
1: Um, I think it really started there. Okay. Um, just because people, you know, one of the, one of the big parts of that is, is to check in with people to see how they're doing. Okay. And so I think that's where it started. It's like, you know, it's, you know, it can just be a text message to someone like, yeah. like Hey, how are you doing?
2: Yep. And I,
1: I think by, by starting to practice that mm-hmm. when you're at a good spot and just reaching out to, to your friends and just saying, like, hey, it's, it's Saturday, you know, I just wanted to see what you've got going on, like how you're doing. Right. Um, hopefully you're doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and always feel free to reach out to me if, you know, regardless of whether things are good or bad.
0: You know, I've seen a lot more things like that. A lot of people have been trying to put out there to say, "Hey, I'm here if you need to talk." Where before nobody would have said it; it would have been silent. I think it's it's more open now. People people are recognizing it, and they're and they're saying, "Hey, I'm here." You know, even total strangers are saying, "Don't do anything." You know, if you're upset or whatever, call me. Here's my number, and they don't care who it is. Just right, right, which is wonderful.
1: yeah. And I think, you know, you know, obviously COVID is, is horrible and, and devastating and is, has hurt so many people and taken so many lives. But the upside of it is that people are more willing and able to reach out and more cognizant of, of people in their lives. That It's like, we need to make sure that everybody's okay because, yeah. you know, not only could they be struggling with, you know, just having a bad week or, or something like that. You never know if, if someone who lives alone might be sick. Right. And true. they may need help and they may not be able to reach out because they don't have the energy to.
2: Yes.
1: Um, and while, you know, COVID really sapped people's energy, you know, being sick, you know, like mm-hmm. I can remember years and years ago, I had a, a, a case of the flu over the weekend. Right. And I remember dragging myself to uh-huh. the local CVS to, to, pick up some, I don't know, what I was looking for, you know, right. terminal, flu or whatever. <laughs> you know, I was looking for some ice cream to to help soothe my my scratchy throat oh. or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, walking down the aisles and thinking, wow, I almost don't have the energy to make it to the end of this aisle.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
1: how am I going to make it the block and a half home True. after that? Yeah. And so I think there were a lot of people that were found themselves in that situation where they were just feeling so physically miserable Mm
2: -hmm. they couldn't
1: do it yet on the flip side of that is mental health can be just as debilitating and you know i uh had you know connected with people over time and i can remember some people saying that you know when they lost their job Mm. that you know it just got to be so horrible that it's like rejection after rejection after rejection
2: Yeah.
1: And I, I think another thing, you know, before I go too far off on a tangent is that (laughs) that searching for a job has become a lot different over even the last five years than it was before that. Um, But, you know, just to be aware that people are really struggling. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you are aware that someone close to you or in your circle has lost a job Mm -hmm. and they may be living on their own, that you know, with them often because yeah. it can be really hard, you yeah. know, and especially if they're living kind of close to the edge. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw a stat somewhere, you know, when I was living in California, that it was like eight out of ten people mm-hmm. living in the county, and overall, it was a very wealthy community. Mm-hmm. Um, that. They didn't have four thousand dollars in savings,
0: right? A lot so of so if
1: know. if something major happens and they need say seven, eight, nine, ten thousand they're they're dollars, in a world of trouble, yeah, and they probably don't have people to reach out to to say, "Hey, I yeah. you know, I need help," right? And you know, traditionally throughout time, like you know, for me personally, I, w- I was raised in the Midwest and sort of that Midwestern mentality, like, oh, I've got this. Like, I don't need any help. I can <laughs> yeah. do um, but it's like, it's okay. Like admit that you need help, you know, reach out to people and say, Hey, like, I'm really not doing well right now. I just need someone to talk to you. Or, you know, asking for money is, is mm-hmm. always like, like, that's a
0: big one. Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: you can't do that. Right. Like, like there are people out there that can help you and it's like reach out to people and while they may not be able to help you they may know of resources that you can
0: exactly
1: or say like you know I don't I can't help you personally but Mm -hmm. I know that a friend of mine does have some savings that they would be able to help you with and as long as it's going through me like I'll be able to help make sure that you're Mm-hmm. able to repay them properly and right you know we'll have to figure out some kind of interest payment but mm-hmm. just to make it fair right. um but yeah i think all the i mean it could even
0: be food. food it could just right. be exactly you know, it could be food yeah. it could be clothes it, it could be right. a ride exactly. you know like yeah. those little things that um you're taking for granted you have right that somebody else you know they don't have it and they're afraid to ask
2: yeah. um yeah if exactly. you check
0: in with them you know get them comfortable and realize that, you know, Hey, I've got extra food. You want some food, you know, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, something as simple as that. I made an extra pie, you know?
1: Yeah. Or That's- even like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to the grocery store later yeah. this afternoon. Why don't you come with me and I'll cover your bill.
0: Yeah. That type of thing. I have, I have some friends. They, they, um they purposely will buy random strangers uh food, you know, coffee, yeah. a sandwich, things like that where um because they can and and it's something they know that they need
2: you know um
0: yeah. yeah. so that little bit just shows it gives hope it, yes. it shows that other people care you know
2: yeah.
0: and um i think that's a, a, a very big thing i think um a lot of people are starting to get more comfortable talking and they're they're slowly asking for help mm. um like you said i think everyone's trying to build their own little community um yeah Right. And, and I think that's, yeah. that's wonderful. Cause alone, you may be strong, right? I always say this, you, you could be a strong person alone. You're like, I got this, I can handle this. Yeah. But with other people, you're stronger and you can help right. each exactly. other.
1: Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Definitely. Right.
1: So spot on. Yeah. And then since you mentioned hope, um, I think that, you know, for a lot of people, that's something that's kind of can be lacking. Yes. And um, being able to Reinstill that sense of hope Mm -hmm. is so helpful. Yes. You know, it's like, well, now that I've got the right shoes, I can get this job.
0: Exactly.
1: Where is it going to take me from there? And it's like, yeah, and then I will be able to pay off my credit card debt and my student loans. And then that'll get me out from under all that. And then I'll be able to do all these other things.
2: Yep. Step by step.
1: Yeah. Right. It's just like, once you start seeing that pathway, hope can be really. Really strong. Definitely. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to wrap up our, our conversation. I'm okay. Sure. Um, yeah. So, um, again, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate yeah. it. This is a very important message. I think we had a couple messages in there. Uh, yeah. It's not just about how to face your fears, right? But um, it's about uh, communication, working mm-hmm. together, having hope, right? And right. staying positive. Um, yeah. And anything is possible right? As long as you put in the work.
1: Right, exactly. So um, so I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me as a guest. I really enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun. And it was hopefully that others will benefit from this conversation as well.
0: Definitely. I would love to have you back. Um, My my friend Thomas couldn't be here today, but maybe we'll have another uh, podcast event where we'll have a bunch of people and uh, we can share more thoughts okay
2: great thank you
0: so i'm gonna say uh, thanks again everybody for coming and um, we are eternal life students where we learn from each other and we hope that you have a wonderful
2: day peace be with you take care okay let me stop